Welcome to the Kavod Family Podcast. Kavod Family exists for the restoration of families and the transformation of communities. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Travis, and my wife, Lydia, is here. Ooh, fun. We've got the girls with us. This is Casey Wilson and my bride, Erica. Oh, I was going to bounce in like Lydia did. I, love, I thought that was special. I'll, I'll let you introduce <laughs> me. I, d- I did it better. Did you hear that? <laughs> oh, my. So we have the ladies on to clean up this communication piece that we've been doing for them to totally say we are A-plus communicators. That's right. We're doing great. My wife is currently laughing at me right now. <laughs> she's covering who, her mouth. Who is doing this? She's great? moved away from the mic right now. <laughs> so, communication, ladies, are we great? What what are we What are we learning? We want to hear your lens on communicating. <laughs> well, let's let's real quick. What what did we cover in the last couple episodes? We talked um, briefly about how communication has has far more to do with the way that you. Uh, your body, your body signals, your tone, your inflection, and not just your words, right? Only 7% of communication is 93% words. is the rest. The rest. That's crazy. Everything else that you're displaying or that you're showing. And so, and then we talked about in the next episode about, especially for men, how we have this ability to become passive or indifferent, or we use the word neutral. Uh, just that neutral ground of if our wife is passionate about something or needs help with something, uh, you know, just the busyness of life and we're rolling through things and then we just come to a point where we're just kind of disengaged. It's, it's easy to coast. Yeah. And we, we don't realize sometimes that in the coasting, you you allow somebody else to set the narrative. And and you know what's sad? In the, in the work world, we know that we have to be active to keep our jobs. <laughs> like you can't be passive at work and, and save the day and get done everything that you need to do. And then we get home and we just... <laughs> You know what I mean? With the people that we should care about and try the hardest for. Yeah. So it's it's just one of those things we have to become aware of, pray through, repent of, and and grow and communicate with our wife. So that's where we're at today. Uh, and so now we want to jump into, um, we got some fun stuff to talk about today. But we honestly wanted to bring in, because I mean, most of the time you hear about it, whether whether it's at work or you're with your buddies, like a fight at home or the tension in the house, just because that's where you're the most real with your other half in your family. They see you the good moments and the bad moments, and often when the communication is the most unbridled. So we want to hit right in that tender subject when you're, you know, you're in a fight or a heated conversation, there's a disagreement or just stress of life. Like, how do you communicate? When does it break down? What are some reasons that it breaks down? And how do we, how do we get better at it? So we figured we could bring y'all on to expose some of our breakdowns in communication. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny is that, you know, Casey and I had, what was it like 14 years of marriage before all our kiddos showed up? Yeah, we. I mean, we had people living with us for different blocks of time and people in the home, but you're right. Children that we were responsible for that were named Wilson at the end, nobody. Yeah, so, you know, a couple of things happened to us early on. One is that we were just always together all the time. Yeah. So we just kind of assumed that the other person really knew where we were coming from and could like read our mind in, in a way. Like, oh, I didn't say that. How did you not know that? Like we're always together. <laughs> so that was how communication would break down early on is that you would just overly assume that you knew because it's like, how do you not know? And then on the guy side, we always are like, crap, we, sh- we should have known. We don't love her that good. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I should know that. Do you know that? You don't know that? 
I know, but pressure. But never before have we seen how important communication is between us uh, until this season. Yeah, and, and let me paint a picture for what Erica's saying. We were working primarily together for the majority of the day. Yeah. In our marriage, 14 years of that, the, the big bulk of our time doing ministry and different things wherever we lived, we were primarily working together on, on the same mission. And then there would be times where I'd have to go off and do projects or different things and we were apart. But because we were together, that communication was, was easier. But then when you're managing something, something like when you, when you have to separate and manage the household and job or two careers or whatever's going on, that's when, when communication really gets challenged, right? Yeah. Because there's a responsibility for more that together you guys are taking on like you you have to be in step because there's just so much more to and do and it's it's a lot less time together yeah like how I, I spoke on the last podcast reads with me all the time i can just look at him and we kind of know what's going on but whenever you separate from your wife sometimes it's set i mean some guys go into work at 6 a.m and they're home i just talked to someone yesterday he gets home at nine nine o'clock like you don't have a lot of time to communicate and when you do you're exhausted no or stressed, or angry, or all the above, you know? Yeah, or you're trying to jump right into something that's important without even walking through the front door and saying, <laughs> hello, <laughs> how would you... I mean, I'm so guilty of this. I, like, wait for Casey to wake up so I can be like, hey, so-and-so said something, something, he's like, hey, good morning, and I'm like, you're... <laughs> Sorry. She does come out of the gate throwing fastballs, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, yeah, when your time's limited, then you... I mean, yeah. how do you not well, yeah. rush to jump you into things, to, like, but still really maximize the, the time, yeah. maximize and be intentional to create time mm-hmm. because we've, we were the same thing. Like when we were in the gym together, we were always together and we didn't really have to like create opportunities to talk through things. Right. Now we have to create opportunities to talk through things. Oh, you're dead <laughs> like, right. Like we're, yeah, it has to be like a priority. Yeah, so you guys run the same kind of schedule mm-hmm. as we do, right? And all week long, you're going from here to there. You're, you've got work, um, school, things you have to do. Then after that, you're grabbing some kind of quick meal, running to the next sport and everything. Mm-hmm. And we notice so much that on weeks that we're not, like you're saying, making it intentional to just like come together. Say a whole week goes by and our family hasn't sit down at a table just mm-hmm. to look at each other in the face and just mm-hmm. talk about garbage, yeah. fun stuff. No, yeah. like I've seen where my kids don't know very good table manners yeah. because we don't get to sit down at a table, which is yeah. awful. But, you know, you have to be intentional to create those moments and create that space. And and in that, kind of what we said in the last the last episode is the lack of being intentional with that time and making time to communicate subconsciously and then the other 93 percent of communication shows that it's not a priority whether you don't mean that toward your spouse but like if i don't carve out time to talk to lydia underlining she starts to think well i'm not important enough he's doing all this other stuff he's making time for all these other people and you don't you don't mean that a lot of times it's with kids and with sports and it's good stuff but you allow someone to set the narrative whenever you're neutral passive in it is what we hit in the last one and you could be neutral or passive unintentionally by doing good things. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, it is what it is. Whoever you're looking at and talking to and interacting with and spending time with, giving value to them, that's who you're showing love to. And if you are in a difficult situation where you're working 12, 14, 16 hour days and you're home, I mean, let's just be honest, you're maybe interacting with your wife or your kids a couple hours here and there. 
you have established a life to where it's just cl- very clear you're not the thing I love most. Mm-hmm. And and so that that is something that you have to you have to face that. And and it's not something that you can I'll just be real. I don't think it's the kind of thing that you're like, okay, well, I'll make some subtle adjustments and maybe try to text you a little more during the day. It's one of those things you got to kill and change your your right. life. You got to change or your pattern, even, your work, your job. Or even just it's a daily thing that you have to work through together. Because honestly, we've been in positions where we didn't really have a choice to change something, but we could change the way that we work together through that thing. And through intentionality, through understanding, through um, not trying to just like get your own way, yeah. like come at things together, which is hard, especially when you're, you know, not together <laughs> a exactly. lot to be able to like create that team. But it is, I believe that it is possible. It makes you really be wise with how you communicate. So if you think about it, let's rewind when we were dating. Most of our relationship when we dated, I graduated high school. I was we in were co- never in the same town when we dated. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We had like two weeks of summer and then we were gone. And sometimes I, I would be on the ship. Sometimes we'd be in port. But on the ship, I didn't get service. So the time that I did get to communicate with you, I expressed value and how much I yeah, cared for you. Yeah, it was first priority. Like exactly. I could tell that it was first priority. And yeah. even if it wasn't a lot of time, we, we made the time that we have very intentional with our communication. So there's seasons that you definitely will just be busy, <laughs> but like, I don't want to make that an excuse. Like you're busy. Oh, just let it push it to the back burner. If you know you're in a busy season, you need to communicate with your family and make that a priority. Well, You've teased a little bit this week because you and I have had to spend a lot of time together working through just a list of things, that, objectives that we need to get done. And you joked, you know, you're like, you're like my... We're like married. And I was like, yeah, I am like your husband. No, no, no. It was you were my <laughs> wife. You were my wife. And, and But the reason why you joke that is because of the amount of communication that the two of us have been having, right? And so it's just one of those fruits. If you talk a lot together, there's going to form this intimacy in that relationship that... Connection. Yeah, it's a, con- mm-hmm. it's a bond. It's a connection. Yeah. And so, and, and the goal of marriage is oneness. You know, I shouldn't say the goal. That's not right. What God does in marriage is oneness. And then the goal is to live out that oneness. Mm-hmm. And so that demands good communication. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that, um, you know, when Eric and I communicate well, and I'll, I'll just talk about these things. Like if you communicate well about your finances and you know the expectations going in on what's approved to spend and not to spend and how you should spend, you know, uh, if you communicate well over time and scheduling and events throughout the week, if you communicate about those things, you're far less likely to encounter, encounter each other in opposition and, and then fight about it, right? Because you're on the same page. And so that's what communication does. It, it knits you together with that person. And so that way you can execute well in life, like you can live right. out. Right. Take your relationship with the Lord, for example, a Christian who doesn't pray that much, whereas you get like Jesus being the perfect example of the one who is constantly communicating to the Father and from the Father. And the oneness that they walked in was perfect. He actually only ever did what the Father showed him to do. And so, you know, we're, we're supposed to look at Christ as the model you know, that communication with the Father made their connection so close. And if we want to be walking in agreement and walking in oneness, then our communication has to be so open and so close. Yeah. 
so we can be connected. Yeah, and from that perspective, it kind of makes you like realize that communication is like the literal foundation, like the building block, like elementary. Mm-hmm. Like that's where you start. You learn to communicate well, and then you can build from there. But I think that so many people build this life not on that. I mean, obviously the foundation is truly God, but you know what I mean? A relationship with a person. You're building this entire life and all these stressors and everything, but you don't have that foundation of communication. So you really don't have that foundation of like a relationship with somebody. And then you're trying to talk through those stressors and you're you're very high stress, first of all, about the issue, but also because you really don't have a connection with the person that you do love more than anybody. Right. But you don't have a strong connection. So you're trying to express these emotions to them, but they have very similar emotions and you're bringing them into this high stress environment and no one's getting anywhere because <laughs> you're just both so flustered and upset, you know, and it's, you know, then you look back and you're like, well, I, this isn't what I thought I was building. This isn't what I thought this was going to look like, right? you know, and it's like, where do you go from there? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why it's so important for you men, like bless your hearts to not lose communication with us and your kids. You know what I'm saying? Because even if you're running around doing all these things for them, but you literally have not talked to them and heard them, you can completely lose the pulse of your family. You can miss what each child is struggling with, what each child is doing well in. You can miss the ministry you need to have with each one because you're literally not connected because you're not communicating. Right. Yeah, there's been <clears throat> there's been times where I've had to go out of town for work uh, for a week or two or even at the worst three weeks of time. There's been times where you've had to do something similar. And it is so easy during those times to actually not communicate to each other. You're, yeah. you're, mm-hmm. when, you, when you're distant and you're engaged in such a world that is filled with time and, and responsibility and then meals out and then hangout and fun time and play, like when all that's in front of you and it's not involving your wife or your kids, it's too, it's too, too easy to separate and disconnect. Two separate oh, yeah. lives. Yeah, yeah, if you read through, like when one of us is out of town, if you read through our texts... They're like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Good night. Hey. Yeah, like literally it's like, hey, I'm trying. But then like they literally, it's like a dead end. What are you doing? <laughs> right. Nothing for, like nothing is said for four hours. Okay, well, see ya. I mean, like talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> like, Which is why it's so important to create a world that involves your wife and your children. Those are the, those are the two groups that you're most responsible in life. And so whatever world you're creating the job, the life, the, the the schedule. It has to be a schedule and a routine that involves them in what you're doing. It's why, you know, we in some ways covet the old ancient ways of apprenticing your own children and having them grow up with you in a trade and working with you on a property or, you know, running a farm together as a family because you were together with your wife and your children for the bulk of that time. Mm-hmm. And it was a shared common venture, a mission together. Uh, those those things are right to be jealous of. We may never get back to them or have them, but that the I, the concept there mm-hmm. of a family goal, a family right. mission, is which is I'm crucial. sure had their own challenges. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, being with your family twenty four seven, you know. But so I want to get into some like practical. Let's let's paint a picture and let's beat up this topic of we're married, we've got a family, we're sports, we're running around, and we get in an argument like. Ladies, if you can help us bring up things that we've done wrong, maybe you've done wrong, and then what you've learned from it, how we avoid that pitfall in future communications, just to really help some people. Like, I mean, real life, you go home, 
you're stressed, you're tired, you're hungry, and you snap at somebody, how for you to respond like Jesus in that moment and communicate well and lead your family out of that stressful environment? I feel like, Casey, you should should speak for us because I think you're leading us out more than I'm leading you. (laughs) You know... That was a huge compliment, <laughs> yeah, man. Really I is. mean, you should relish in that. Casey has um, an extra antenna for unfruitful conversation. He can hear it anywhere on the whole property. If two kids are arguing about something so foolish, so selfish, so dumb, and it's one person's talking, one person's talking, there's name calling, There's it's totally unfruitful. It's like he just stops what he's doing and he walks over and he's like, hey, this is unfruitful. Stop talking. (laughs) Sometimes in the car, we're like, hey, we're going to have to stop. You people are going to have to stop talking for 15 minutes. And they know what that's all about. They they all go, okay, quiet game in three, two, one, go. I need to steal that unfruitful talking because mine's like, oh, my gosh, you guys, do you ever stop? Like, just be quiet. (laughs) Yeah, that's me when the kids are fighting. I just like, it's like I just jump in with them. Like, I'm like, you're so annoying. Be quiet. Stop fighting. This is stupid. So I need to, they're going to be like, what, mom? (laughs) I I think what you're hitting at that. When we talk about communication, how 7% is verbal and the rest of it is some display of tone or inflection or yeah. at mood, all that. I, I do have a, an awareness or at least an alertness to that. And it does bother me, especially because you can hear the disrespect in a person's voice, the way that it, like you're, you literally rob someone's dignity mm-hmm. by the way that you speak to them or the way mm-hmm. that you raise your voice or look down on them. And it just, I, it's just like, it just... Oh, it's so humiliating. Isn't there a Maya Angelou quote that's like, I may not get it right, but it's like people may not remember every word that you say, but they will remember how you treated them, which is something like that. Something like that. But it really is true. Like your continence, right? That's the word? Countenance? Yeah. yeah. Countenance. (laughs) When you're talking to someone, like if you really care about someone or like you want to impress them or like you you know what I mean you're enjoying your time with them you're not gonna be cold like you're just not it's not what's gonna come naturally so yeah and people feel that 100 percent your kids your spouse natural is to be cold because we're all selfish that's the natural bent is self Mm -hmm. and so self would rather you know, play on the phone while you're talking to me, then put it down and actually engage. Be cold and dumb. And it's a way of protection in some ways, you know? Certainly. Yeah, sure. So I have a a story. It's actually happened yesterday. Um, We had our boxing class and there's a whole bunch of little young boys out there just learning boxing, learning jumping speed, agility, all this. And my wife comes in and she's like, your son is running around disrupting everything. And I'm in a meeting and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to kill him. So... He comes in, he goes, this person did this, and he punched me in the stomach, and this and this. And I go, stop. Just, you know my standard. Stop. And he goes, I am, but he keeps coming and hitting me. So I walk out there, and I'm trying to watch what's happening so I can get a real view of what he's telling me, not just his lens. And then the boy that was doing it saw me, so obviously he, he changed his demeanor as soon as he saw me. So I walked over. I said, both of y'all come here. I sat down and said, what's going on? And the other little boy's like, Reed was calling me this and this and this and this. And I looked at Reed and goes, is that true? And Reed's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Reed didn't mention that yeah. part. <laughs> and he's like, yes. And I said, why'd you do it? He said, well, we nor- normally joke like that. And that is true. I do hear it all the time. And I look at him. I say, like, does he look like he's having it today? Is he interested? 
And Reed's like, no. I said, all right, well, then you stop. Like, there's times that you joke and pick, sure. But he wasn't having it. So told you to stop. You didn't. And he punched you in the stomach. And then what? <laughs> you got sensitive. And you came and got me. And I was like, so both of you guys are hurt in this moment. I said, Reed, you should look at body language, voice inflection, tone. Like, look at his face, his countenance whenever you said that. Sometimes he laughs and he jokes. It's good. Okay, green light. But if he's mad or frustrated or says stop and he's hurt, read that and stop. Like, know the boundaries in that. And then I looked at the other kid. I said, if he's doing that, don't just punch him. Like, talk to him, you know? But, like, it was a moment to go out there. I was able to provide peace and calm and structure, but also, like, teach them how to control their emotions, how to communicate to each other when they're in the mood and it's cool and we're joking and when, no, I've had a bad day. I'm not in the mood for this. But they, ha- they have no model for that. They're young. So to be able to do that on that and to do it in your home, to do it with your wife, it's the same scenario. There's times where I'll come home, I'm in a great mood. Maybe I've had way too much coffee, and I'm like hyper. <laughs> and I'll look, and Lid's like, Mm-mm, not right now. And I'm like, oh, dang it. Where's my son at? You know, like There is you, no happiness here. <laughs> but you you got to read and understand. And when you do that, it provides such a loving environment within your home. When you're not focused on self. Right. It's just being understanding. Like we all have those moments and just being understanding of those moments. Is is that in many ways for, as a woman, you know, because you're living in your own world, I'm living in mine. Uh, understanding is what kind of takes the lid off of the tea kettle sometimes when when a man comes home and is... Right. Yeah. Would you say? I would say so. For me, I'm very hard on myself, like okay. super hard on myself. That's something I struggle with is just my internal dialogue. So I usually don't really need Travis to come, like, if I'm struggling with something and him tell me, like, hold me accountable, per se, to, like, what I need to be doing, because that's already what's in my head, is that I failed. You know what I mean? So what really helps me, and this is this comes with just, like, knowing your spouse, is for him to listen and be understanding. You know, it's not like he's accepting of it. Like he's going to hold me accountable to like what is right and what is good. But like him being like, wow, like I see that. That is hard. That's difficult. And then as I kind of diffuse, we're able to come together and then like work together on like how I can fix it or do better. Like he has to really reestablish like good thoughts. in my head with me because I can go to really intense like but what I did wrong for years is I would <laughs> I would know like okay she's dealing with this I'll take the pressure off in other areas I'll get the kids to go outside and oh, play yeah and then I want to solve this problem right. for her and sometimes it was a selfish motive like I'm like you're in a bad mood everyone's on walking on eggshells you're killing the vibe like just get, I'm 100%. gonna fix this and get- I mean and you, and you are right yeah. in that area but yeah you would be like we're gonna talk about this and we're gonna talk about this now exactly and I wanted you to have all your words and your emotions and your feelings listed on a bullet sheet so we could go through it and I can tell you how they're wrong and what the Bible says and we're done let's table it let's like move that, on that was Awful. Even yeah. even if like what I said was correct and, and biblically speaking, the delivery was horrible. Well, yeah. Because you 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 need to well, be seen co- and heard and valued in right. that. And, and I killed that. It's kinda like when I think of raising my children, I want them to always be able to have a place to speak to me and it not be like a shameful when they mess up, they can speak to me and it not be shame. Because like first of all, we know our kids are gonna screw up. I mean they're sinful humans. And then secondly, I never want to teach my kids to obey me just for the sake of obeying. 
because that doesn't work with God. Like, you know what I mean? It's a heart posture. So and if I if my relationship with my children is a an example of God's relationship with us, I never want to be an author, authoritarian. Gosh, yeah. I'm using these yeah. big words. Y'all got to help me with them. <laughs> um, and so obviously I, I, I seek obedience within my kids, but like I want to get to the root issue and help them deal with the heart posture. So in that situation with Trav, like how he used to deal with it is Trav wanted to talk about what was right and good and how I should be there, but that didn't help me solve my heart posture. Right. Like meeting someone where they are and then working from there is way more productive and getting like the end goal than just like coming to someone with the solutions. Because a lot of times, not all times, but a lot of times people kind of do know the solution. Like you kind of do know like where you're being a little brat. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, and you're frustrated with yourself. But you don't know how to release those feelings. Right. And you don't need somebody reaffirming it. Yeah. yeah. Like you need somebody that's like, okay, hey, I've been here. Like, let's, this helps me or, you know, like. Yeah. And like we said on the last episode, communication is to express value. Yeah. So if my, if Lydia is upset and she's frustrated and I come in and just want to fix it all, I'm not allowing her to express what's happening. I'm not giving her value and seeing her and hearing her emotions and partnering with her and like, man, that is rough. What can we do? What I want to help. And sometimes she's like, no, I got it. And like. It might be something one hundred yeah, times. most of the time, <laughs> yeah. but it might be something that she truly does need to work on with God and her. But like, we're one, so my job is to pray her through that. Maybe take off some extra stress on her plate plate in that moment, so she can walk through that with God. It's not for me to be like, "All right, let's open this Bible up, and you need to do this, this," and like, because that's just condemning without showing value. You know, uh, another picture for it. <clears throat> if you're working with children. I know this as a father. You either take two postures. You're either frustrated and you're trying to get it done and they want to be a part of it. So you're like, here, grab the screw and put the screw in the hole. Okay, you don't know how to do it. Give it to me. And you just run it through, you know, and you're just like moving through. And then there's times where you're patient enough that you can let them fumble and screw up and you don't care where they put the screw. Like you're just allowing them to learn and grow through the process. And and understanding, I think, seeks that def that second one where you're allowing this person to have their own value and worth and dignity to climb out of the hole that they got themselves in. Do you know? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It prayer does this for me all the time. I'll go to God in prayer, and as I'm praying, I find myself from the beginning to the end. I change the way that I'm talking with God. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I might be angry and that's frustrated. like every psalm. <laughs> Yeah, really. yeah. Right? But by the end, you realize, okay, wow, just expressing this to you, God, has healed so many frustrations in me but, right now. But what do you know that he's doing? He's listening. He's listening. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's yeah. not saying, all right, Casey, what you need to do is... And just telling me, and he's inviting me, and by the time I'm done, I'm usually at the point where it's like, okay, I need to go see what God has to say mm -hmm. and get direction. Mm -hmm. And in a, in a relationship, in a marriage... You know, sometimes just having a part, like having a, a spouse or a partner to sit there and say, hey, tell me how you're doing. It allows them to work through their own puzzle, mm -hmm. their own frustration. And and by the end of it, they've relieved a lot of that pressure right. and they're good. And I think it's hard too. And it's something that you have to learn to do. And it's not an excuse that you get to just like let your emotions run. But like understanding when your spouse is expressing emotion maybe intense emotion, the way that they're telling the story or expressing how they're feeling, it's not always directed at you. 
You know what I mean? Like if I'm crying or upset or getting a tone, like, but I'm just trying to let Travis know where I am, he would be frustrated because he would feel like Always got defensive. I always always did. Always. And he would, because he felt like that tone was towards him. Let's be honest. When you're frustrated, it doesn't matter who's in the room. Everyone's getting it. Yeah. Your tone is rough. Yeah. And so that was something you have to, if you're going to communicate and you're going to sit down and you're going to decide that for this person that you're communicating and you're going to get through this, sometimes you have to take a little bit of hits in that way. And that's not an excuse like for your spouse to sit there and like berate you. It's more just like being under like, wow, this body language. She's obviously very upset about this thing, whatever it is, or he's very upset about this thing. So that just shows the importance of it. And then not being so like um, self protective, like protective of yourself when they're not even like directing it to you. It's more like the emotion. Mm-hmm. Proverbs Proverbs 16 is slammed full of things on the subject. But one thing in this chapter that you just hit on, it's Proverbs 16, 32. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes over a city. So the ability in that moment to not react if my wife is getting angry or loud or it looks like it's at me, or maybe it is at me for me to understand that she's frustrated, she's hurt, whatever it is, and for me to sit with her and to pray through that, God, what do you have for her? What do you have for us? What's going on in this moment? Versus me just getting offended and getting loud too. The most annoyed I've ever been at you is when I'm high like when you're high, high when you're emotion. High. <laughs> no. no, high when I'm high, man. I just get so angry. No, when I'm high emotion and you are just like, you don't meet me there. Oh, it's so annoying because it's convicting. <laughs> and it's just like, come on. Like it feels good when you're mad about something to just be mad about it. And, and you're and like, Travis come on, everybody, be mad. <laughs> yeah. And Travis like won't come, yeah, and be mad. And that is so annoying, but it's so convicting to the point where like Sometimes we don't even have to have a conversation about it. But if he comes to me and he's mad, I'm like, all right, we ride it, Don. Like, yeah, I'll meet you there. Like, I'm maybe not as mature as you in this area. We ride it, Don. That's, I like that. That's good. Oh, well, um, let's let's kind of give some some closure to this. Does that work? And yeah. some some, uh, some points. I'll just go into to a few things. Well, before that, I want to hit on one thing that is just real that I'm dealing with right now. Last night, Eric and I, um, we we got a, a spa a couple of years back. And, it, and one of the big reasons, not just the selfish pleasure, but one of the big reasons was we had a friend that told us, look, uh, a spa saved my marriage in, in the sense that it, it, oh, I made time. a hot tub. A hot tub, yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought you had a spa a gift spa. certificate. No, yeah, no, no, okay. No, 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 like a hot tub in the, in the backyard, right? <laughs> And so we yeah, got, we in the mountains. That's a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> so we got this hot tub, and and one of the benefits of it was we actually get in there, and no one else is out there with us, and there's nothing to do. You just sit there and you talk, and you yeah. catch up on your day. You you wrap up the day. You talk through the week. Like it's really helped with communication, right? And you got to practice to communicate. Like you got to communicate to learn to communicate. Does that make sense? You got to go. Maybe your thing is going for walks or going for, I know Travis mentions all the time going for drives with you. Yeah. So for those of you who can't afford a a hot tub, (laughs) get a bucket. I just, I get my (laughs) wife in the car and we drive somewhere else. And normally we'll go get lunch, go get dinner. And when she's out of the house, which I just recently figured this out when she's in the house, even if the house is in the man standard, 
clean and spotless. She sees every square inch that's dirty and it's stressful and she works and she fidgets and she's doing it. Yeah, and like I'm the like, floorboards need repainting. Yeah. I'm like, just talk to me. Baseboards. She's stressed, you know? It's not always stress, but she's in her work element in a sense. So when I get her in the truck or the car and we go for a ride, she talks the whole time and I get to see her day, what's going on, how the kids are. So learning like what provides peace and a safe spot for your other half right. and communicate with them there, like make time to communicate. Yeah. And pre-communication is, will cancel out a thousand later arguments, you know, so if, true. if, if yeah. we're about to take a trip, me and Casey know. We got to come to the same page on a whole lot of things first <laughs> because half of our breakdowns in communication, half of our arguments on a trip is based off a misunderstanding or not being on the same page. Right. Like different you know, expectations. Right. How do we want to handle the kids? How do we want to handle decisions? What do we want? How do we want to spend our time? So it's so super important to, to lay that foundation of communication that you're pre-communicating before every major event every major trip before a busy week that you know is coming you got to come to the same page on sunday night and say all right this is what's coming at us are we on the same page that that will prevent so much damage in the future exactly and it, it allows you to prepare for what's coming and you guys can carve out times or ways to communicate or if you know it's super stressed all right we're definitely having a spa night you know wednesday like you make a point to like get together breathe exactly yeah and so so last night I we we crawled in there and I was I was reading something. Casey's full of these stories. He's always gonna have another story. <laughs> reading he's something. just wrapping up. <laughs> <laughs> reading something, and uh, Eric asked me what I was reading. It was on my phone, and it was it was a book I was reading through. But it was talking about how you know in communications you should with your kids you should seek to um, persuade and not coerce, coerce. And and I was like coerce, coerce, coerce. So I'm looking up Big the word, word and I'm talking to her and, and I'm like oh. That's what I do, and 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 it basically means just to, um, to rule with consequences, right? Basically, punishment. It means to put a consequence in front of them in order to get them to choose. Like what an you ultimatum. Want yeah, like, like you have. Yeah. Yeah. Do what I say, or else I'm going to ground you for the rest of your life. You know, like one of those. That's my normal option. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it, you know, in parenting, con- consequences and discipline and all that—that's all part of it. But coercion is almost something you can default to too easily. It's almost too easy with little ones. Well, to yeah, because it doesn't take them, effort. Right? It doesn't. Yeah, it's They're easier. Human beings. It's quicker. It's yeah, much quicker. It's much quicker. But it doesn't get to the heart issue like mm-hmm. you're talking about. And so I, I really needed to pray through that and, and talk. I talked to Erica about it last night. And but it's one of the areas in my life I know that I had to identify and just start to work on. Like I want to, yeah. I want to catch that impulse in me. Mm-hmm. And slow myself down and get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm laboring for your heart now, and I want to persuade that and not just get your body right. to respond the way I want it to respond. Right. And it's such a fine line because kids are going to, you give them an inch, they take a mile. Like, yep. you know what I mean? They're going to run with it. <laughs> so finding that that line, like you're still going to have consequences, but able to communicate up to that point. Like if I have not communicated a standard in an area, which I think I learned this through business and leadership, like listening to Jocko, which we refer a lot on the podcast, but I was like, that's the same with kids. Like if I have not completely communicated my, my standard of something, I cannot assume that my nine-year-old knows that standard and is just going to do it. Like there's plenty of times where I'm like, are you serious? 
Like you just did that. Like you know better. And they really, when I really step back, I'm like, no, they didn't know better. Yes. Like, you know, you can't assume that they know something when they're nine years old. Like, even though, you know, she's been with me my whole life, but I have to really like be self-aware of what I have communicated to my children and my expectation there because they can't meet an expectation that I never set. Right. That you never, yes. right. And so they have to learn that it's wrong, but there's that, that grace there and that teaching. Yeah, it's like bumpers. You know, you know, when you hit that point, you know, mom and dad are going to step in and, and bring you back, back in. Right. Yeah. So you better be aware of it. Right. And at, the more your children know you, the more you communicate, the more aware they are of those boundaries. You know, because I would say that if we pull up for a restaurant or we're going to a family gathering or an event or something, if we don't pause in the car with all the kids and just <laughs> yeah. calm their little hearts down yeah. and say, Lay hey, some this is the some, ground yeah. rules. You know, otherwise they jump out of their car in their clean clothes and three seconds and they're ready later, to party they're covered yeah. in mud. And they're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And now the fun is gone and they <laughs> right. don't even know it's why they're in trouble. It's not even a good dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, guys, some tangible takeaways with this is prioritize communication. Yeah. And in a communicate in a moment of communication, your goal is not to win. Your goal is to hear the other side and to partner together for a common goal, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So let them make eye contact. Allow them to know that you are hearing and listening and you are expressing value to them. And I think, which I kind of just did it, but I think you actively have to like calm your brain to not be thinking of a response the entire time someone's talking. When you're talking to someone, you can literally tell when they're just (laughs) formulating a response off of a sentence you said like two minutes ago. And you're like, and they're just waiting to say what they had to say. Like I'm bad for that. And so I literally have to be like actively not thinking of what I want to (laughs) say. I have to actively like be listening to words. Right. And and maybe even reflect back. Yeah. So what I, what I'm hearing you say is this right. and this, and it gives a place for them to say, no, that's not actually what I meant at right. all. Right, yes. Yes, but this, you right. know. And when you're reflecting back to someone, it, it actually causes you to feel more hurt, causes them to feel more heard. Like, yeah. Like, oh, you really were listening. You weren't just coming up with a response. Right. You heard You heard what I said, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, the goal in communication is not that we're just both walking in a direction, but that we're walking together in the same direction, right? With these goals that we have or with what whatever we're, we're communicating about. And if you communicate a bunch up front, even if, you know, in a marriage, it's not that Eric and I have the same goals and ideals and we just go, yeah, that's exactly how I saw it every time. But we come, hopefully we can come to an agreement on the direction we're going to go. So that way, when someone gets rubbed the wrong, they've already discussed it and they're willing to submit and walk through that and be in agreement for the goal that you've chased after, right? Like you talk through those things. And know if it's a touchy area, you need to communicate in that more frequently. Mm-hmm. It should become not yeah. sensitive. Yeah. And then also know that you probably won't solve it in one sitting. Yeah. No, yeah. Men especially, you will not solve it in one sitting. <laughs> or it may be just something that you have to walk alongside your spouse and deal with regularly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not everything is solved. Like there's some pain in life that's just there you know what i mean like you have god and you have this ultimate gift but we are on earth and we deal with earthly pains you know and earthly emotions and sometimes just coming alongside somebody and supporting them in that is huge and i was thinking something this whole conversation is i think it's pretty natural for women to just want (laughs) 
the man to just, without communication, see things the same. Like, that would be a dream relationship, <laughs> right? Like, they've heard every word that has came out of my mouth, and it is put into this dialogue, or like, you know what I mean, this log. They know every restaurant order, my favorite flowers, when I'm, when I'm sad. Like, that would be the dream relationship. Every girl wants that, the perfect date. Like, and it's just not going to happen. I've literally and made so, notes about it and got it wrong. Well, yeah. And I think having that, like, honestly, just being honest about it, like, <laughs> like I do have these little, little secret expectations that I've never told you about, but then like, just talk about them and then follow through with them every once in a while. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that about, I'm just saying it I is. I do all the time. I, right? You do. I have so many. What are they even called? You don't uh, red hot. No, this candy. Oh. I can't even eat it. Oh. But for years though, I didn't. Like well, we did the love language test and I mine is gifts and I feel like such a jerk because that's the worst one. Like that's no. this uh, I don't that know. That means you give them too. No, not very good. Oh. <laughs> no, I just want them. Just receive them. But they can be really simple. It's just like the fact that like you're that's I'm being valued. thought of you, when yeah. I'm not there. You know what oh. I mean? Like I'm always in the back of your mind, whatever. Um, how long did we struggle with that? For, for I still don't know. Travis's last one is gifts. He could care less. Like don't give me anything <laughs> for my birthday. Don't ever do anything. Like it's fine. Just scratch my back. <laughs> like yeah, Sounds like great. give me a hug. Like <laughs> cup of coffee. I'm good yeah. to go. Yeah, literally. And so communicating through that, those expectations, instead of just like having your feelings hurt every time because you're like, how does he not just know? So tangibly speaking, she loves this. Like, what are they little red hots? Yeah. the candy. And she, there's another one. I can't even think I of what they're called. You, I still don't know. Cinnamon tamales? candy. That's yes, hot tamales. She loves them. I I don't know that. I've been married what twelve years mm. to you? Clueless. Technically, he should know. She she told me one day, "Hey, I love these," and I was like, I looked at it, I took a picture of it, and I said, "Don't forget this." And I've been buying them every three or four weeks now. When I'm in the store, I remember, and sometimes I forget this still. Is a new thing. And I go, Esri, what's mom's candy? And Esri will help me. But the point is, is you communicated that to me uh-huh. and said, "Hey, hey." Hey man, remember this. This is important. Yeah. Like yeah. red flag here. And hey, and instead of being like, "Wow, you still have to ask Esri," that's annoying. I have to choose to be like, "Wow, there's effort there." But he thought of <laughs> he you did. First, he thought of me, and then he had to ask Esri. And then the yeah, detail. this is still the thought. Like the root Practical of what I wanted happened. He just doesn't get with candy And you know what names. else I'm doing? I'm teaching my daughter how to help communicate to men too uh-huh. in the process. Uh-huh. <laughs> That didn't even really get to where I was going, but it's great. It's fine. Yeah, it, it reemphasized everything we've talked about in regards to understanding and being on the same page together. So, oh, there's so much more to talk about, there about really communication, is. but you with know, women, there's only... always more to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> That's for a future podcast, future time. There's like a revelation scripture that says like all of heaven was silent for so many minutes or something. Until the woman spoke? No, and it's like proof, proof that women don't go to heaven. <laughs> and it's like because there's silence in heaven for a minute. Oh, for the record, you heard that a woman said that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's obviously a joke. 
I don't know. I don't gotta laugh at yourselves, guys, yeah. or else you, you do. just. <laughs> yep. Well, ladies, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, if you've got some specifics in regards to communications, maybe a story or something that, that you just know that you and your husband or your, your spouse or your family, you go through all the time. Maybe you're missing in something with your children and you're not communicating well with them. Uh, please, please, please uh, send an email. Maybe give us a story, something that we can work through and point some some scriptures and some advice at. Uh, but by and large, I think we're pretty confident to be able to say that if you seek to understand the human being in front of you, <laughs> if you seek to listen to them and understand where they're at and then try to lead them from the heart, and, and then the last part of that, make sure that you're leading them towards the Lord, uh, you should be good. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Kavod Family Podcast. Please like, share, and leave us a review. If you've enjoyed this content, or if you're familiar with some of our programs and partners in the Kavod Family Network, please consider becoming a donor at Kavod Family slash donation. God is in the process of restoring all things to himself. That begins with the person. That person is part of a family, and that family belongs to a community. Vote Family is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry.